Welcome into episode 145 of the Natural Hattrick Podcast alongside Jamie Eisner. The Natty Hattie. And Craig Morgan. I don't know what to say. Well, that's going to be a theme throughout the show. I'm Luke Lipinski. Leftovers is here as well. Leftovers, I believe, has a mic. I'm the big draw here on the show. You see the latest review for the Natural Hattrick Podcast? Big draw. I'm not even sure it's the latest review now. I think it's been buried by other reviews. Is that what we're calling you now? Big draw? I'm the big draw, yeah. No, I will not allow that. I don't think that Jamie's going to... Put the veto on that one real quick. Instantaneous. You can see the pain in Jamie's face when that came up. You know, I gotta say, though, Jamie wears some very sweet retro t-shirts. Yeah. I'm really digging the is King's that a, That has to be a King's. It is. Okay. It is. That's like it's from fantastic. the Marcel like the Dion that's era. A big-ass crown on your chest there. It really is. Which, it's a metaphor for something, up, too, yeah. but that's, that's okay. But, Bane, Bane, Jamie, guys, Jamie was late today. Don't don't let him off the hook here. Yeah, he was working. Yeah. Well, actually, working? Was, well, not really. Not really working. He was okay. late today. Never mind. Set the stage that I was here before everybody except Chris, so I'm convinced lives here. So, and I have witnesses. Some days it feels like that. I have witnesses that I was here early. Uh, let's see. We've got some people to thank. Okay. First of all, you can always um, you can always tweet at the show at the Natty Hattie. Uh, you can email the show. By the way, follow us. More of you need to follow us. Thank you for all the reviews on iTunes. Yes. We really appreciate yes. that. Keep that coming. Yes. That's very helpful. It's great stuff. You can com- you can even compliment certain members of the show if you want. That's There's really fine. only so, one or two. Some of us are okay with that. Yeah. But also follow us. Some of us don't have self-esteem issues. At the Natty Hattie. Follow us on Twitter, please. We want to get our social engagement up. Yeah, because yeah. we, we get res- good response to the, uh, the listener polls, and we have a lot more listeners than followers. But we like the followers that we have because Joe sent us a Starbucks gift card, and we are getting decent reviews, on, uh, and actually really good reviews, except the one mentioned that uh, Leftovers. Yeah, someone said Leftovers should have a mic. And yeah. No, no, no. I Somebody said the show has gotten better since you've given me a mic. That was what the Total coincidence, though. They didn't say it was because Correlation causation. You, yeah. You, just, you can't draw conclusions. Maybe, we're, maybe we're just all like Luke all right, I'll and Craig. It's, it's my other Twitter account. <laughs> so Luke I and Craig are just hitting our stride at the same time, and you just happen to get a mic around that time. Yeah, you just happen You're to be on the You're long for the ride. Ice. You're the guy that gets the plus. You're the, the Patrick plus. Maroon of this podcast. You're just along for the ride on McDavid's line. The three of us touched the puck, and one of us scored, and you were just on the ice. How's that? Is that better? Fine with me. Okay. That's, hey, still get the plus. Um, by the way, we got a lot of listener questions. I'm going to read the first one here okay. before we start. It comes from uh, St. Mark. So we are now, we're, we're reaching a higher level of listener. Right. My wife and I really enjoy your podcast. I'm going to assume that that so, was intended to be sent to us. I, I'm going to One, I'm going to hope so. <laughs> Two, <laughs> that's not a hit reply on the wrong tweet. Uh, sure, but. <laughs> Look, I don't think that's a listener question. That's more like a listener statement. Well, but I had compliment. a question if it, if it was true or not. And uh, it looks like it is. So there you go. Thanks, St. Mark. Yes, thank you, St. Mark. And thank you to, uh, to Joe who hooked us up with the Starbucks that um, yeah. we haven't gotten yet before the show. But <laughs> yeah, that's not that's Joe's like, fault. That's our that's fault. That's my fault. So we will have that before next show. That's really pretty much anyone's fault uh, that's talking right now other than mine. You're the only one talking. Others have had the opportunity. Oh, well, whatever. Uh, we got some... some <laughs> Craig was busy working and reporting. Yes, and I was putting together all the listener questions yeah. and um, to try and make the, the show continue to be at the level that our listeners now demand it be at. Because we don't want any dead air. We have expectations now. Otherwise, Leftovers will jump in with some sort of prediction about how, I don't know, Anaheim's going to win the Stanley Cup or something. It is nice to have a saint on our side, though. It is true. Yeah, we're starting to finally build a good army of, of saints. We've got one. Um, we've got some coaching news before we get into the playoffs. Bill Peters left Carolina. Yes. And is now going to be Calgary's next coach. Uh, since last time we did the show, <laughs> well, yeah. Dallas. Well, well no? that's not the latter part is not confirmed yet. Yeah, although, the, for, the former is the latter looks like it's. I had a very good source tell me that it's definitely happening today. So <laughs> no. by the time you hear this, it's probably already happened. Well, yeah, because since the last time we did the show. Uh, Ken Hitchcock retired. Yes. Glenn Gullitson was fired. And I can't rhyme this again. I, I tried, or I didn't try. But uh, Bill Peters leaving Carolina. Either way, he's leaving Carolina. So at the moment, we have four head coaching vacancies, but one of them's going to be filled. I'm just not allowed to legally say it yet because it hasn't happened. I got the legal terms in here now. Yeah. Legally. I want to make sure everything is on the up and up. Uh, I have a question about this, actually. Is it an actual question this time, or is it a statement? I don't think I like your attitude. It, this one comes from Rose. Thanks, Rose. We know Rose. Yes. Rose is basically a friend of the show anyway. If it's not too late to get a question in, Rose, first of all, never too late to get a question in. If the Bill Peters to Calgary rumors are true, 
How do you see him working with Smith as his goalie? He's had goalie controversy in the past, and then she cites the uh, Eddie Lack incident that was, I believe, actually here in Phoenix last season, wasn't it? Or it was it was around the time they played the Coyotes when he it was around the time. I don't know if it was actually in Phoenix. Yeah. Okay. Um, Go ahead. I uh, I don't know. That's not, not a great answer. I'm so glad I read that question. Uh, I, well, it, it's, I, I don't it's, know it's how you a, correlate one situation yeah, with another, right? It's such a tough que- It's such a tough question to answer without knowing what the situation was with Eddie Lack. Well, the question. Really? Don't blame the question for your not inadequacies. The question, I'm just saying. I'm not going to pretend to. Usually, I'm not going to. Usually, you pretend to know stuff on the show. Yeah, fake it till you make it. That's that's my mantra. But in this case, I I, I don't know. Well, okay, but the question was just how do you see him working with Smith? So you. I would let me just put the words directly in your mouth since you're right here. Okay, it could be fine. It's not like yes. there's a given. That I, I don't have be this. Bad. I don't have this sense of dread. Like, oh no, this this is a train wreck waiting to happen. But I also don't know. As, as weird as that is to say, like, I I don't know. I'm disappointed Dave Tippett's not getting that job. Like I had already penciled him in. I already did mentally put him out. Uh, yeah, connections from international play with. Bradtree Living and and Bill Peters and of course he he kept his home in Alberta too he's from there so there there are a lot of connections there so this was a pretty good opportunity for him Dave Tibbetts going to coach again at some oh yeah point. Oh, I have another listener question you okay. ready I have to scroll through these this one's from Joe I believe this is the Joe that hooked us up with the coffee so we oh, should have read his should, question first yeah. I'll, you should I'll, read his in a separate I will a try not voice. to say I don't know on this one a different keep, voice keep, yeah like a reverent like voice deeper? or something or maybe we could have Saint Mark read it no he's going to have to come in studio. Okay, yeah, because we can't have callers on this show anymore, apparently. Yeah, leftovers. Yeah, once Chris turned his mic on, the, all the phone lines in this area of town died. It's just not in the budget, sorry. Okay, it's fair. Do you think a Dave Tippett return to Dallas is a possibility? I, is that at least a better voice? I, I think they're going with a younger coach. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think the voice, the voice they asked me to do the voice, and I do the voice. The voice was fine. Nothing. Okay, thank you. Three you out of ten. Three? No, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're looking for a younger coach, a different, different style. A different approach, so I don't. I don't think Dave Tippett's going to end up there. You know, one thing that intrigues intrigues me as long as we're talking about Dave Tippett, the idea of him taking over the expansion team in Seattle intrigues me. Yeah, yeah that that's interesting. His family up there too, by the way. He wouldn't mind. His yeah. wife loves it up there. That's not official yet either, right? We just all know it's going no, to happen. No, it's just it's good. It's good. It looks okay. like it's going to happen, barring something unforeseen. What's what? What are we talking about? Seattle. Oh, Seattle. Yes. Seattle's yeah. existence. Like Seattle. technically, you know, it's not happening, but it's happening. I also look at Dallas as a team that's about a year away from a major transition. Mm-hmm. I mean, you still have to re-sign Tyler Sagan. Oh, Marty Hansel's health is up in the air completely. Spezza's not the player he was, but his contract's coming up. You start to wonder what that team looks like, and they, quite frankly, the team wasn't good enough to get the job done this year. I don't know where they're going to make significant improvements, even though this is a team that made significant improvements last offseason and didn't do anything. Yeah. So I, I don't know if that makes sense. I think, like, like Craig said, go after a younger coach. It is weird because they were, I don't want to say close to winning the Cup, but they were a playoff team a couple of years ago. If anything, in the off seasons, they have, at least on paper, gotten better. They've been aggressive. Standing. Yes, yeah, I mean, they've tried. They've, it just hasn't worked. They addressed the need in, in net. They, they shuffled things around there as best they could. They went out and they got uh, Radulov. I mean, and he was fine. It's not his fault that they didn't uh, make the playoffs this year, but they didn't. I mean, four teams from the Pacific made it for as much as, as everybody bashes the Pacific, and we certainly can now after watching the first round, too. But uh, but Dallas certainly had a path to make the playoffs, and they didn't do it. So we've got three, we've got four teams, technically, with the uh, the openings, the Rangers, the Stars, Flames, and the Hurricanes. But again, the Flames are going to be uh, filled soon enough here. All right, I'm going to do this live read. This is going to be very professional. Are you ready? Especially with the transition. You're pretty Wait a minute. If you, when you do a live read, you don't announce you're doing a live read. But when read. it's the first one, yes, you do. When it's the first one on the show, you make a you make a stand. Who gave leftovers a mic? Uh, clearly not me. I've been rallying against this for weeks. I never I, handed it to him. Gotta, Somebody must have handed him the know, mic. No, he probably went over and got it himself. I got to be honest though. This he week was, I did go and get see, it. See, that doesn't live yes. in this room. That, no, I went and got he, it. He went and got it. Himself. I did ask permission, but yes, I, I did go. He and get was the mic. he was fine though until that review. That review changed everything. Yeah, I should, yeah, I shouldn't have even pointed it you, out. You you like, pointed it out to him. Yeah, kinda. Oh, that was a mistake. I, I know. All right, if you need new hockey gear, go Pro Stock. Our friends at ProStockHockey.com offer the largest online selection of real Pro Stock hockey equipment. Sticks, gloves, pants, and much more are available right now for a fraction of the retail cost. Shop ProStockHockey.com today and get three rolls of tape free with each stick purchase. Pro Stock Hockey, if the pros don't use it, we don't sell it. 
That was very good. That's very good, Luke. I need more Luke, equipment too. It's yeah, you if, actually, you might actually need. Yeah, it's yeah, as, as if you're a professional that. or something. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but uh, I do need hockey equipment. All right, let's get into the playoffs, and let's start in the. Let's just start with the simple fact that these playoffs kind of meh. Haven't been that good. Mm, no, they haven't. I'm I'm stunned to be honest. The NHL playoffs. Now let that's this is all relative. There's still the NHL playoffs. I, I think they're going to ramp up in the second round because there was clearly a discrepancy between four teams in each conference and the other teams that made the playoffs. So if that's the case, four or five, um, the second round should be great. It's still playoff hockey. There's still been some some drama with overtime games and whatnot, but I never in a million years expected to see two sweeps in the Pacific. In fact, Jamie last week when we did the show said the one thing that would surprise him in the Anaheim-San Jose series is if one team swept the other. Yeah. Anaheim wasn't even there. (laughs) Yeah, and that's that was that was bizarre to me, to be honest. I I didn't see that coming at all with Anaheim. But you know, this is a team that never really seemed to find its legs all season. They got in, but they never really seemed to figure it out. Uh, We all thought that they might be capable of actually making a run if they got in, and clearly that's not the case. Yeah, they just I just felt like they never even showed up for that series. I'm gonna come back to them in a minute, but what? Is it just one? I mean, it's just one of those cyclical things where you just have a dud of a first round that. Nope, maybe nobody will even remember if the playoffs improve as we go here. I, there's, there's one decent series, and it was, it was pretty much the series all of us said we didn't want to watch. Yeah, of course, of course it was. <laughs> the Capitals and Columbus were talking of, of course, the only series that's tied 2-2. We had two, as you mentioned, that ended in sweeps, and everything else is 3-1. Yeah, it's, it's weird to have of the eight playoff series. So is it matchups? Is it what's, – what's the problem here? I mean, we, we've already been told by some in – the Denver media that Colorado's exposed Nashville as the oh, non-cup yes. contender that they are. <laughs> yes. Oops. Not, not exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. It was. Not exactly. I, I, this is to me. This is a classic first-round series for a team that's a favorite. Sometimes they don't produce their best hockey until later in the playoffs. It's just basically about survival. Yeah, and I think we looked at they're still up three-one. Exactly. But it, they've won. That's all that matters. Yeah. When we looked at the, the playoff matchups, we expected three series in particular to really draw our attention. Mm-hmm. It was Boston-Toronto, yep. Philly-Pittsburgh, Vegas-LA. Yeah. And nope. we got a sweep. We have Pittsburgh probably going to win in five. Boston-Toronto doesn't look like they're quite ready yet, which, again, is okay, as we said on the show before. It won't be okay in Toronto, but it's okay Lose for minds logical thinkers. Uh, but those we, we thought those three series would be the pillars of entertainment. And they have just kind of... And, and again, Vegas, L.A. was fun. I thought the three of us were the pillars of entertainment. Is well, that... No? Well. Okay. Uh, let, can we start with Vegas, L.A.? Like, that's yes. where you were going with that. It was fun, that. but it was a sweep. I think it was fun for people who really enjoy hockey. I think if you are just a casual sports fan that tunes in for the playoffs, you Not were really goals. bored by a lot of one nothing yeah. games yeah. or 2-1 to one L.A. Games. scored three goals in the series. Yeah, that's... Yeah. It felt like the Blackhawks. It felt like watching the Blackhawks well, last year. It goes back to what I said before. You're not, go- you're not going to out-system Vegas like L.A. usually does. And no. And then they couldn't score. No, in retrospect, and you, you did bring that up on the show uh, last week. In retrospect, not a great matchup for L.A. at all. Uh, Anaheim-San Jose. Maybe this is my fault because I declared, not on the air, but off the air, that... If either Anaheim or L.A. made it to the second round, I was going to a game. Yeah. Because well. we're within driving distance of Southern California. So just either one of them, just get to the second round, I'm in. I don't care who you're playing. I don't care if you play each other. Maybe if you play each other in the second round, I wait to the third round. But either way, I'm going to a game. Neither one of them won a single game. So on that note, I had a note in our, our show notes, which, which I created, by the way. I, I, I know you did the uh, listener questions, but I actually put together the entire outline for the uh, podcast again. So... Somebody was supposed to get coffee today. I don't know who it was. Somebody was, and yet here we Usually are. Usually that's me, too, I guess. So. Yeah. We but all have our roles. Back yeah, you to the, do it all. You're back so, to you're the topic at hit. What's that? I said you do it all. You're just so good at your job. <sighs> See, this, the, the, there's a rift this, this on this show. between Craig and Leftovers. Yeah. I'm just, I'm not, well, I agreed with the review. I mean, <laughs> I feel like we've taken it to a different level now. <laughs> All right, what were you going to say? Craig hasn't got paid under the door in a while. I yeah. think Chris is doing it now. Oh, okay. I think Chris is just like floating him a 20 after each show. Like, Verbal hey, payment. Please please be nice to me because nobody make else him feel better. So okay. following those two sweeps, for teams that have some significant personnel who are up there in NHL years, is it time to bury the Ducks and the Kings in the Pacific Division landfill? Are they done? Are they finally on the decline where we can see them actually drop out of the playoffs for several years? I think the Ducks are closer to that than the Kings. 
because at least the Kings have Kopitar and Dowdy. And the Ducks, I mean, Getzloff was fine this year, but Corey Perry was not fine. No. And that decor has gotten worse since last offseason. Because of the expansion draft, because of the trades they've done, that, that, that core of their team has gotten worse. Yes, they lost a couple pieces. So I look so. at that team, I say that team is probably more in trouble than L.A. is, although L.A. still has the perennial problem of they have three forwards on the ice that are really good and nothing. And what about their blue line? And too? the blue line is Dowdy I mean, and Well, you know, Muzzin, Muzzin and Martinez are fine, but yeah. there's no depth there. See, I'm not willing to write both those teams out of making the playoffs next year. But I guess part of that hinges on who, who takes a step up below yeah. them, right? You would think some of these teams would take a step up. But go ahead. Sorry. LA's won one playoff game since 2014. Right. Like, they are not built yeah. for the playoffs anymore. And I don't know how much they can really change this offseason. So if you're asking me if I'd be shocked if next year they're the three seed in the Pacific or the number two wild card or something, that wouldn't shock me. But it would shock me if they went on a run next year. I mean, at least where we are right now. You're right, though. I mean, they have... They have the framework in place with Quick and Dowdy and Kopitar and Jeff Carter, which is why you can get sucked into picking them to win a series and it's also until you why watch them play. They can be a playoff team, but why they're not going any further than that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look at what the Blackhawks were a year ago. I what mean, you, 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 you have enough, had enough pieces to get there, but then once you got there, you were outmatched. What do you do with Drew Dowdy, by the way, who has one more year left? Got to pay him. He's 28, do you? Do you give him that long-term contract he's going to be looking for? Unless you're deciding you're going to go for a complete rebuild, that's, then I think you have to then move Kopitar that's, too. That's what part of what I'm asking here. Yeah. Is what, what, you, if you're looking, if you're LA management now, what are you thinking about this group? What they should do is they should probably trade them and say, "Look, our our best path back to a cup run is with players not currently on our roster, and maybe players not currently in the NHL." Well, you get and a lot for Dowdy. You, you could get, get a ton time. for him because he's still he's in, he's in his prime right yeah. now. He's twenty eight. But what, what if do you I think you happens? know if you put an extension on the end of his two thousand eighteen nineteen, then you're talking about a player who's you know approaching his thirtieth birthday at the start of that season. That's and if you're looking at yeah. like a seven or eight year contract, that's dangerous. I mean, maybe he can play at this level for four or five of those years. But does it no. help? Does it help LA? sell this to their fan base if they go that direction because they've won a cup, where in Anaheim, you've gotten there, but you haven't gone very far in a long time. It's tough to sell that to your fan base. L.A. might be able to get away with it. Yes and no. Yes and no. Like Of course, always, it's, it's much easier. You, you've, you've won a couple cups, and you can say, look, we, we, got, we did the best we could. Same thing happened with the Blackhawks. We won three cups, guys. It worked. Everything, it worked. But now, you're paying the piper. The problem is... And this is the, always the perpetual problem that we have in the way sports organizations are run, is if you are to move a Kopitar or a Dowdy, the general manager making that trade will not be that general manager there when they go back to the, um, get back to the Stanley Cup. It won't happen. So then you have to create a decision from ownership to say, look, this is what we are doing. Here is our five- to seven-year plan, and we're not going to deviate from it. And I just I don't have the faith that enough owners are willing to look that far ahead when it comes to moving a superstar for them to do it. What's happening in Ottawa is because, and them moving a superstar is because they don't want to pay that person. They don't have enough money. That's not, they're not doing it because we think if we move Eric Carlson, we'll be in a better shot to win a cup five years from now. They're, this is purely a financial decision. For LA, I do imagine they're going to re sign Dowdy and they're going to try to patch together a team around Quick Kopitar Dowdy, but I don't think that's their best path back to being a perennial cup contender. Okay, so if you were going to trade him, is it better to. Sign him and trade him? Is it better to trade him this summer, like probably around the draft, or is it better to wait into next season? Like we've seen a couple teams do lately and get closer to the trade deadline, which I've never totally agreed with, but at the same time, I always think the offseason opens up the most options for you. So are you signing him and then trading him? You could. It's not as easy as as simply doing that. Um, But the the benefit there is the eighth year, right? That you can yeah. give another team. Maybe another team doesn't want the eighth year with yeah. him, though. So I, I guess ideal scenario is you want to trade him in the off season, and he works out a deal with new team, so that every I mean that that's your ideal scenario. That the, that the new team gets to negotiate whatever deal that they feel comfortable with. You still trade him with a year left. You still have that leverage, but you're also going to you're going to be competing now in a market that includes Eric Carlson. 
Yeah. So now, I mean, that's a... And, of course, Oliver Ekman Larson. He's <laughs> yes. already been traded nine times to Toronto, hasn't he? I don't, but, but how is Toronto going to play Dowdy, Carlson, and Oliver Ekman Larson? Oh. And, uh, yeah, Tavares, did you say? Yeah, John, yeah. Well, and they're going to trade who for... It's the same guy for all of these guys, yes. right? Okay. Yeah, it's like Tyler Bozak. Yeah, usually Bozak should get you... Uh, it's, it's like a five-team deal where four teams just send players to Toronto, and then Toronto lets the other four teams rent Tyler Bozak. That's how this works. Uh, I think that you could find a lot in terms of a return for Drew Doughty, and I don't even necessarily feel like you would have to blow up the rest of the team if you were going to do it. Even even in the summer where Eric Carlson's available, I think you could still find a lot. The way he's talking, too, he, he's been pretty public about wanting to get paid this time around, as has Eric Carlson. But when, when, you, when you think about the number that that's going to demand and you think about the fact that Kopitar is signed for six more years beyond this year at a $10 million cap hit, yeah. then you've got Dustin Brown, who's 33 years old. Jeff Carter is 33 years old. I'm not sure that's a commitment you want to make. You might be just deluding yourself into thinking, yeah, we can get back to where we were. I, I don't see it happening with this group anymore. And the reality is, what's the last late 20s, early 30s defenseman to sign a five-plus-year deal that, that that you went, yeah, that worked out. It's so weird to be talking about this, and yet I think we're all sort of on the same page. Like, you're probably – I'm not saying you need to trade Drew Doughty, but you're probably not winning a cup with him at this point through yeah. no fault of his own. But you, the rest of your roster is just so gutted that right. you, it's the only way to get a bunch of pieces back. What, anything to say about Vegas and San Jose now that they've both advanced to the second round? That, just, just to reinforce that people – kept underselling Vegas. They, they proved it over an 82-game season. The sample size was big enough. I don't know why. I don't know what else they need to do yeah. to prove to people that they are a legitimate team. They are. They're, they're a team that could go to the conference final. Yeah. The way they played in that I series. I think they could go to the cup. They could beat anybody. They could. The way sure, they, but they, that, way that means they, getting through Nashville, right? Yeah, that's yeah. pretty tough. But the way they played those four games, they can beat anybody with that style. You, mm-hmm. that's, you can replicate that. Marc-Andre Fleury looks a lot different in the playoffs for Vegas than he did for a lot of the years for in that. Pittsburgh. I mean, <laughs> waiting for that. it's been the best goalie in the playoffs so far through the first week and a half. Yeah. And with the Sharks, I feel like that's a team I just have not given enough love to. Yes, I bring this up on the show every this is, week. This is the, they're going to be like the 2012 Ravens for me. Like They're going to they're gonna win it all, and every step of the way I'm going to pick against them. I can't decide whether it's that or if the Ducks were just that unimpressive. Okay, but look, it at could the, be a little bit the of Sharks both. have... Good pieces. We're just they do. But the fatigue. sharks were just such an afterthought. Like I brushed them all with the sharks. Yeah, whatever. Like they're probably better than a yeah whatever team. Yeah, any any team with Joe Pavelski is it's a pretty good starting point. And Brent Burns and Martin Jones are pretty good goalie. Like San Jose, it wouldn't shock me if they made the cup. Uh, let's let's go over to the Central real quick. Both these series are going to be over real quick. Winnipeg over Minnesota is it's three one as we record this. Oh, that's, that's right. Minnesota's still playing. <laughs> yeah, it's about what I think everybody expected there. I don't think there's anything. Yeah. Uh, Nashville, Colorado, it just seems inevitable that they're up 3-1 right now as well, that we're going to get the great second-round series between Nashville and Winnipeg. That's what we all wanted. And if we do, that's that's going to be fireworks. But to the point that you guys brought up earlier, Colorado got a win, and then depending where you were reading it, it felt like they had won the Stanley Cup. Yeah, you would think a team that would just barely snuck in would have a little bit more... Uh... Well, I guess I shouldn't say the team. This is a, it's, a, it's a column that was written. But yeah, it, it, it was very odd. It was, I'm glad that Colorado got the win. I think most of us thought they would get a win, and that was going to be it. And they did, and that will be it. By the way, have you seen the, uh, the narrative now that you know, guys like Kopitar and Taylor Hall and Nathan McKinnon didn't deserve the MVP love because their teams are all getting crushed in the first round? It's, first of all, it's a regular season award. Let's start there. What happens now doesn't matter. Yeah, they have, enough, they have a different award for this stuff. It's going to be weird when Connor McDavid wins the Conn Smythe, even though Edmonton's not in the playoffs. <sighs> that's going to be awkward. And that's, that's where it all came from, too. Connor McDavid should be the MVP. Yes, always. Yes, right. because he wouldn't have let his team... And it was, it was really coming back. from the he's-the-best-player standpoint, which... He's, is, he's, yeah, he's good. It's, you know, it's, it's not the only measure for the award, in my opinion. Now, it, and it's not the wording of the award, either, by the way. I'm just going to politely raise my hand and say that there are other players in this uh, tournament that are actually still playing. That may have a claim to being best player again, guys. I'm just really hoping they put Nashville Winnipeg on the Golf Channel. It's for us all to to really enjoy the that spectacle was, that is the Golf Channel. That was sad. The two that great was... tweets from the LA Kings after Anaheim lost. I'm paraphrasing, but one of them was it was it was fun to watch Anaheim get eliminated on the Golf Channel. Yeah, which is pretty fitting. And then also, uh, hey Anaheim Ducks, we'll see you at Coachella. <laughs> LA and Anaheim, very uh, very disappointing showings. But let's go over to the East. 
And let's go Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, and then Washington, Columbus. First of all, as much as uh, Craig trashes the Metro, they're the only division that got five teams in. What do you have to say for yourself now, Craig? Well, I think the same thing. Oh. It's just because the, the the top three teams, well, not three of the top four teams in the East were in the Atlantic, but then it was a big drop-off from there to the rest. I just, I still don't feel like there's a team in the Metro that can run to the Cup other than Pittsburgh. We, um... When we previewed that series last week, I was admittedly worried about the Flyers. And uh, and the series isn't over. It's 3-1 Pittsburgh. But I watched about five minutes of game one and then had this realization of, oh, yeah, Philadelphia still has Brian Elliott in net. Yeah. <laughs> and they have, like, three backups. How many goalies did the Flyers carry this season for a team that didn't necessarily have to? Like, Vegas had to go through 17 goalies because they all kept getting hurt. But that's how we could have calmed your nerves last week, huh? You could have just mentioned Brian, Brian Elliott. Elliott. Yeah, just say that. Better. Which Crosby scored on all three goalies the Flyers have used in this series, too. Yeah. I think that's the interesting stat. I feel like Crosby's uh, pretty decent. Yeah, he's okay he's at hockey. It's amazing. And he only scores goals out of uh, out of thin air in the regular season. In the playoffs, he's he's went ahead and lowered his standards a little bit, and he's just scoring goals off the ice as well. Tough. Philadelphia, yeah. when they don't have Sean Couturier, not the same team. No, but they, they weren't good enough to beat the Penguins anyway. If it wasn't for your fear of the, the Flyers, this, you would have been with us on this. Like we weren't, I wasn't worried at I all. I picked Pittsburgh. I know, but you were worried. Couturier plays Malkin really well, and Couturier had a career year this year, so him going out certainly doesn't help. But I didn't, I just didn't, I, I don't know, I didn't give enough uh, attention to the fact that Philadelphia can't defend. And that seems to be an issue. <laughs> yeah, they can't play defense over goaltend. But other than that, they're in a real strong shape. Yeah, they're. I mean, the, the two-time defending champs. When, when game one is seven nothing, it kind of uh, kind of changes things. So, anything else to say on that series? It's just. It, 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 it just feels like our yeah. overview of the entire playoffs yeah. though, so far. It's just, meh. just not surprised with this result, and don't really know what to say about Philadelphia, a team that just. Again, seems to be spinning its wheels. It's really not going anywhere. Yeah, that was a great season by Couturier, but they were never a serious threat to make a deep run in the Cup, and I don't see what they'll do down the road to change that. Let me uh, let me throw this thought out there for you. Okay. The last two years, this is in terms of awards that, that people actually vote on, right? No Penguin has won an award, and yet they've won the last two Stanley Cups. So... You sound bitter. No, I'm just... It, it's interesting to me because it doesn't... Unless I'm forgetting something, no Penguin's going to win an award this year either, right? I mean, Crosby won the Art Ross last year. They won a nice shiny silver thing twice in a row. I think that's okay. But that's, I mean, what's the correlation there? Is there, or is there not one? Is it like Leftovers getting a mic and our show getting better? Yeah, there's no correlation there. Crosby won the Art Ross last year, but his name isn't Connor McDavid, so he couldn't win the Hart. And Rutherford won GM of the Year in 2016, but that's not voted on by writers or anything. So I don't, is that just is that a team that has leveled out and is more has embraced the team concept, or is it just fatigue where nobody on that team is ever going to win another individual award, or is it just coincidence? Well, it's probably a little bit of both. Part of it is Crosby's got a rich history of winning awards, and I think people get decided now that hey, we can just give everything to Connor McDavid mm. as we're seeing that happening. I also think that's a team that gets hurt because they do have several superstars people can name by first and last name. And I think that start, people start to kind of have this flawed argument that if you play with other good players, you're all of a sudden not as good of a player anymore. Interesting. You have, okay. to, play, you have to be a good player that plays with bad players to be an MVP. Okay. Which is a very strange argument. Yeah. But it happens. It's, that seems like one of those narratives that you, you massage to The coach of the year. I mean, whichever. has the coach of the year. Yeah, that's at least pretty consistent. But when you start talking about MVP, that, that's the argument you use if it fits the candidate you want. But you don't use it every year. True. I, I don't know why you're worried so much about regular season awards. Wow. Who won the Conn Smythe the last two years? Crosby. Yeah. Uh, Matt Murray, six shutouts now in 36 career playoff games. The importance of winning a series quickly in the first round, I mean, that benefits a team like Pittsburgh where the knock on them is simply that they've played a lot of playoff games the last two years. Yeah. Does that help you as much if every other team in the playoffs wins their series well, quickly? Think, yes, I still think it does for an older you know, or, or a team with tired legs. Yes, just get them rest. It doesn't. Again, I don't care what's happening around Pittsburgh as long as Pittsburgh is in the yeah. right frame of mind and the right physical state. I think they're fine. And by the way, you you mentioned it in passing, but if Matt Murray's back playing the kind of hockey that he played last postseason, that's kind of the one missing ingredient. The one thing I think we were looking for from Pittsburgh, if he can get that back. And, and we, we said this at the start of the playoffs. 
I would not be the least bit surprised to see this team back in the cup final. Yeah, I wouldn't either. All right, let's talk about... Luke's uh, happy now. I don't... He's, 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 hockey he's beaming. Though. Luke, your team sucks and they're not going to the cup. They're going to bounce it out. No, no, no. Craig's the Blackhawks fan. I'm the Penguins fan. You've confused us again, Chris. I had to balance it out. They were all oh. talking up your team. Okay. I had to throw the no, negativity that's, that's out there. Um, Artemi Panarin, and this that was oh. not meant to be a segue. Sorry, Craig. He, I don't want to call him the breakout star of these playoffs because he was already very good. Wow, does he look good. But now it's crystal clear that the Blackhawks lost that trade, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Leftovers oh, yeah. wants to weigh in here. No. Come Sam on. Bowman says the jury is still out, Craig. Okay, just wait. you got to <laughs> let it play <laughs> itself out. I, 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 okay. I actually responded to that Mark Lazarus tweet, actually, <laughs> if you saw it. Uh, he's He looks borderline unstoppable. Like Stan Bowman or... <laughs> <laughs> okay, who can do more damage? <laughs> Stan Bowman or Artemi Panarin? Well, Ooh, that's right player. now, uh, Stan Bowman has a considerable wreckage in his wake. <laughs> he's got a head start that Panarin's going to have to but make he, up he, for. But hey, he's the GM of three cup-winning teams. It's true. Can do no wrong. Uh, Panarin has seven points in four games so far as we record this. I almost said only because Kucherov and Crosby both have nine and Pasternak has 11. <laughs> right. Pasternak's been ridiculous. But it feels like Panarin has like 23 points he's in those first four games. He's just been so dynamic to watch. Yeah, That's the been. thing. He's around it so much. God, can you imagine trading for a, a superstar? Like how often do you really get to trade for a superstar at his imagine age? trading away a superstar. Well. Who had just ridiculous chemistry. As Patrick Kane said himself, like no one I've ever played with. Yeah. yeah and, and Let's Kane's, take that away. Only they could have used that this year mm. or anything. Yeah. Well, what did you tell me? But they me, wouldn't Craig? have been able to sign him down the road. Well, why is that? They were trying to get younger and faster, right? So they had to get rid of Panarin. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's a good move. And look, Patrick Kane still had a good year, but not as good as he did no. when he was skating with Panarin. Who didn't Two have as good a year? Best years came with Artemi Panarin. Okay. Two best. Also didn't have a good year. Uh, Brandon Sod. He had a good first two weeks. He had six uh, goals in his first six games. He scored yeah. against the Penguins, I seem to but then everyone did in that season yeah. opener. He had a hat trick there, and then not much <laughs> that, after. That would happen. Uh, but Columbus-Washington is by far the best series of the first round. By How far. many games have you watched? Uh, I've watched a lot of the last two, and I've watched overtimes of the first I've watched two. overtimes. Yeah. I've watched for Panarin. <laughs> He's it's like torturing myself. I watched the last game in the it's press like, like, box. Craig, like, with his hand up on the window, like, yeah. the rain in the background. <laughs> I will remember you. <laughs> Jamie's singing on the podcast now. <laughs> that's like that. That's you need like... to isolate that audio <laughs> and send it directly into outer space. <laughs> <laughs> I try to get us back on track after that. Wait, was that a movie reference? What was that? Song. Okay. Isn't that the right. Celine Dion song? It is. Yeah. There's no, a, there's it's like a song not. and like visual. That's not a Celine Dion okay. song. I don't know. Okay. My TV, Shazam it. I don't know. my TV has a special feature where I can actually feel Artemi Panarin's uh, perspiration as he skates down the ice. So. Oh, it's by it Sarah McLaughlin? <laughs> there you go. I just know it's the, the song with all the like adoption commercials. Like, somehow you've turned it into a... God. No, it's for just $3 okay. a week. Okay. Okay. All right. You. That's depressing. That's Come it, on, yes, man. No, I'm sad. Um, two. Let's go to the Atlantic. I'm doubly sad because we were talking about our Timmy Panarin to yeah. begin with. No, we may have lost Craig for the show, actually. Tampa Bay is better than New Jersey. Huh. I feel like everybody in America, except Dave Vest, as I noted on the podcast last week, feels vindicated <laughs> oh, right now. call out. And uh, Boston-Toronto is not as good of a series. I thought ba- it was he did be. it again. Boston. 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 Sorry. Boston and Toronto is not nearly as good of a series as I expected. Yeah, that's a disappointment. Yeah. That that was yeah. the one that that was the first round series that I had hoped would deliver for us and it, it just hasn't at all. How is Canada going to handle Winnipeg being their only team left in the oh, playoffs? I, I don't know that there's a collective identity, but Toronto is not going to handle this well. They're not handling it well already. No. That I think there's already a, a stake. Uh, in the ground for Austin Matthews that they're preparing to burn him at <laughs> after this series because he hadn't stepped up. It's going to look really weird now when Babcock wins the of the year. They can trade him if they want. Yeah, they could probably get something for him, yeah, I would think. Um, yeah. A- any one chance... One for one? <laughs> Straight any, up? Any chance Toronto comes back in this series? I mean, there's always a chance. Well, no, okay. If Two I went three are in Boston, I no. don't see it. I, I, I have no expectations. My, uh, you know, I picked the Leafs in this series, but my caveat was... If Boston gets its legs back, if Boston looks fresh again, I think they'll win the series and might win the cup. Clearly they do. 
Um, okay, but of the five teams down 3-1, so Colorado, Minnesota, New Jersey, mm. Toronto, Philadelphia, Toronto has the best chance of coming back from down 3-1. We Do agree they? with that. Who said that? Um, I did. Okay, well, yeah. their goaltending has been not great. No, no, no. But, but who Don't else? focus on like, Toronto. Give else? me another team then. Minnesota? Like, yeah. That would be else. the one. No. That, they probably I have I to. can't see. I cannot just see Minnesota scoring enough to win three more. It's not going to be Minnesota or New Jersey. You could rule them both out. So then it's not going to be Colorado. Even though, even though they figured out the four. Ryan Suter, Zach Parise. Um, yeah. yeah. No. They're done. They're done tonight. Um, Tor- Toronto's the best team down 3-1 right now. So I guess it, from, from that standpoint, yes, they have the best I'd go chance. with that. But they have to win 2-3 or three in Boston. S- uh, you know, spoiler, nobody's coming back from 3-1. In yes. And, that, and that's, the, that's the truth of this first round, too, right? Yes. Yes, all these series other than the one we didn't want to watch will be duds. Even though Colorado has already exposed Nashville, because I, I finally found the headline. It's pretty soft. <laughs> Can you read the headline out loud, please? Oh, I just closed it. You guys keep talking. I'll pull it up again. There's this little thing called history. I have a stat for he you. Doesn't wanna, he this doesn't want to. for Jamie. Jamie, I found a stat for you. Okay. Thank you, Leftovers. By the way, it's Nathan McKinnon and Avs exposed yeah, Nashville as great pretenders in quest for Stanley Cup. I That's great pretenders. That's a long headline. That'll, that'll really age well if they win the Cup. Yeah. <laughs> My stat? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you get over There's only one player this season to register a point against every team outside of their own team. Well, yeah, I would assume they want to register a point against their own oh, team. You, you could. The player? Yeah. Duncan Keith. Oh, Blake yeah. Wheeler. <laughs> oh, so there you go, The perennially most underrated player in the NHL, Blake Wheeler. Wow. That's an interesting stat because a lot of these teams you're I don't only know playing if it means twice. anything, but it's, it's, it is It means somebody, somebody should cover Blake Wheeler. That's what it means. Yeah. Let me give you another stat. Ooh. This is from Dan stat Rosen. Stat time. This is from Dan Rosen, actually. A win tonight, and the Penguins will win their ninth straight playoff series, matching the Red Wings, 1997 to 99, the Penguins from 91 to 93, and the Great Oilers from 84 to 86 for the longest streak since the Islanders won 19 in a row from 80 to 84. They, um, Let's just think about that for a second. Too. That's crazy. 19. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 19 is a you lot put of that in perspective. Yeah, yeah. You can't. I mean, and not only that, it was the Islanders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that makes it even crazier. Have the Islanders even won 19 playoff games since then? That'd be fun to I check that out, actually. Up. Um, I've got this comment from a listener. This is from Eldon. Panarin scores overtime game winner. Somewhere Craig Morgan sheds a tear. Thanks. Thanks for coming back. Okay. (laughs) Full circle. Uh, I've got more questions, but I'll save them until after we get through the playoffs. I got another stat for you. Right right back in my unhappy. Do you want more stats? Yes. The Washington Capitals have led the Blue Jackets for 131 minutes and 14 seconds. They have trailed for only 17 minutes and 33 seconds, yet the series is tied 2-2. They were down 2-0. That's the crazy part. Who do you think wins that series? Let's, let's re-pick, okay? Two ga- or four games in, it's 2-2 right now, so it's best of three, so the pressure's on. We know how well Washington performs when the pressure's on. Why can't the home team win? Uh, I don't have an answer to that question. <laughs> I didn't look up the answer. Don't you feel like Columbus just blew this? I, I do kind of feel like they had Washington right where they wanted them, and then they did have them. Didn't put their foot down, and like that always scares me. Like, yeah, you can come back from that, but sports history tells us usually when the underdog has the opportunity to put the favorite away, and then they botch that opportunity, that they don't get the happy ending. Does anybody have the stat on uh, if you are a team that's down in a series and you go into a game that's extended overtime, like we saw LA and Vegas do, and, and LA ended up losing that one? At least my perception is that you're pretty much done. Like if you go, if you're already down in the series and you play a long game and lose in double or triple overtime, that just seems to sort of be the knockout blow. I don't, I don't know I what don't the numbers say on that. But I do have a stat for you: twenty-five is the number of playoff wins for the Islanders since twenty-five games or whatever. Wow. Okay. After winning nineteen consecutive it's playoff series, series twenty-five games. <laughs> and how many did they win this year? Oh. Okay. Uh, anything else on the playoffs before I get to some of these questions? A couple things. I, I, well, first of all, we're, we're, I think we're, I, well, Jamie just said it. The Maple Leafs and Devils are not coming back. What do these two teams need to do to take that next step? Toronto, almost nothing. They need to switch divisions. Because they're going like, to get Boston or Tampa in the first round next year. Like for, I think both these teams, like for Toronto, I think they just kind of not panic. Because I feel like this is a panic team, and they're going to trade half the roster. <laughs> I think they need to add to their blue line. Yeah, they can now use some maybe. Well, do you feel good about their goaltending? Goaltending. I never not forget about the Leafs' goaltending. 
And Tukarask I mean, has yeah. been very good, which it's it's been a stark contrast. I just don't know how anybody upgrades their goaltending this offseason. To be honest, like I, just, oh, I just don't know how. Not Toronto off the market. Happen. Yeah, I don't see it happening either. Yaroslav Halak's the only other starter available. Like where? I mean, it's just not going to happen. I mean, you could yeah. make a trade, but I don't know who's. But they need to add to their blue line. I think. Beyond that, I, I yeah, I'm with you. I think they just let it develop. Don't well, be so crazy yeah. about it taking longer than you wanted it to take. Just don't panic. Like that that is the biggest thing I worry about with Toronto, that they're going to turn over a roster of good players because we need to shake things up. They'll be fine when they get Carlson Dowdy and Ekman Larson on that blue line. Yeah, and true. Tavares and down the middle. True. The thing is Boston just scores ridiculous amounts of goals too. I mean, it, I know that you look at these scores and it's five one Boston, seven three. They have the capability to just go off. I don't know if that's necessarily a knock just on Toronto's goaltending, but you're right. I mean the defense is that was already the focal point coming into the season. That's something they had to address. It's it's yeah. funny. I remember when we did the preview last year with James Myrtle, right? That was heading into the 16-17 season. And he said fans in Toronto were pretty uh, actually taking a, a wait-and-see approach and, mm-hmm. and being pretty patient. That didn't last long. That's out the window now, apparently. Because yeah. you would think that you would think that that team's getting contracted out of the league the way the fans are reacting. Well, and, and when you have headlines before the postseason saying they're built to win the Cup right now, yeah, no pressure. Wait, what changed in one year? No, this is a slow build. Let it happen. And they're doing fine. Like would, they're progressing just fine. Would that? Uh, would that? Would people be freaking out less if they had won a playoff series and then lost in the second round? Is this the non-linear progression yeah. that yeah. Jamie yeah. always talks but, about? Yeah, because oh, we, we went out in the first round, but like they didn't play the second best team in the East. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's that's the problem. But, I mean, they pushed Washington, it felt like, last year in the first round, and I feel like that's where expectations sort of changed for their fans. Of, oh, wait, we almost beat Washington in 2017, so that means we're definitely winning a series in 2018, which is Something not doesn't work the like that the, with the current playoff format. works, yeah. Like, I can understand if it was the old yeah. format where you're saying, well, you know, you're facing the sixth best team in the East, let's say. And you're like, well, we should be better than that team. Well, I don't. they're not better than Boston right now. Got to win the division next year. Otherwise, you're playing. I, we don't see Boston dropping off next year, do we? And Tampa's not going to drop off. I don't know what to think of Boston yet. I'm, uh, Boston's a weird team. They yeah. are a weird team. Let's wait and see on that because uh, I've, I've said all season that I felt like they were ahead of schedule this year and everyone's going to expect the same thing from the Bruins next year, right? Okay, they're, they're ready to, to go even deeper now. Are they? We'll see. If I told you there was a team in these playoffs that was going to win the Cup this year and miss the playoffs completely next year, would it be Boston or Vegas or somebody else I'm forgetting? Yeah, it's, it's Vegas. Vegas. Wait, you yeah. think Vegas could win the Cup though? Yes. Okay. And here's I don't, the, they're not the favorite by any means, here, but they could. Here's the other thing to remember. You know, Bergeron's 32 years old. Zdeno Chara is 41. They, they're on limited time. Bacchus is 33. There, there's a number of players that are significantly older in terms of NHL years. So Boston's window may not be as long as people think either before they, they face some serious questions. Yeah. I'm just not sure they're going to be a better team next year. They may not be significantly worse, but I don't see this team like there's there's another two steps for them to take forward like I look with Toronto and think. They sort of have the feel of, of the Kings when they won uh, their first cup in 2012 where they deserve to win the cup and they, they proved themselves to be the best team in the playoffs, but also a lot of things really went right for them. And that sort of has been the feeling with Boston since about mid-December. Like, they're playing well, but then also everything is going exactly the way they need it to go. So, I don't know. New Jersey? Thoughts on the, on, on the Devils? Uh, you know, I, I think we should leave this for Jamie, actually. We mentioned New Jersey, and Jamie literally just left the room. Now, do you guys hear that? That's the podcast getting better. Look at that. Oh, yeah. oh wow. All right, now we can really talk. Uh, New Jersey doesn't have to do anything. They're, they've, they've moved in the right direction I said this on the show last week. New Jersey and Colorado, I feel like, are the two teams that if they lose in the first round, they're still going to look back and be happy with the way the season went. That, that's that's still fair, isn't it? I think so. And, they're they're again, they're so reliant on youth that I think, again, you're in a situation where you just have to allow it to develop. Now, they're, they're, again, there are a couple pieces where you look and say, okay, what, what are they going to do to replace a Travis Zajac as, as he ages because he's 32 years old now? Um, Andy Green is 35, so what do you do with a couple of these pieces? But maybe you just think those are the kinds of things that – and those are significant pieces, but you need to be able to fill in those and just let your your youthful players come along. Taylor Hall's been so good. He's only 26. And I think, you know, with, with the way goaltenders go, Corey Schneider can play and, and Kincaid can play for a long time. Uh, as you mentioned in the notes, Craig, 
Is there any reason to believe brighter days are ahead for Colorado? I assume you meant like next season, not well, Yeah, this they made the playoffs, so where does it go from here? Now, they, they did get a steal in the Matt Duchesne deal. They got, I think it was seven assets total in yeah. that deal, which... And made the playoffs. ...can help you jumpstart. But when, when you look at this roster, when you look at depth issues, do you feel like, okay, Colorado is on its way somewhere, or this is just a team that's going to be around that playoff bubble? Uh, if you told me there was a team in these playoffs, there's going to be a couple. If you told me I have to pick a team that made the playoffs this year that won't make it next year, it's not a knock on Colorado, but they would definitely be on the short list of two or three teams. Partially because I think teams like, I don't know about Chicago, but Dallas, I mean, there's, there's other good teams in the West that should be rising up. I think we saw the best of what Colorado can do as currently constructed this year, which was fine. It's fine. But I don't know that it's necessarily something I would bank on for next year. Yeah, it's not a team that overwhelms you, and it's not a team that's going to be able to spend anywhere near the cap either because of their own financial issues, so it's not like they can add a lot of pieces in the offseason. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, it helps to have Nathan McKinnon, who we all agree on this show should probably win the Hart Trophy this year. Do you think he's going to win the Hart Trophy this year? I don't know. I, I really don't know what to expect this year from that voting. There's a lot of there's a lot of deserving candidates who I'm. You know how sometimes you'll have two candidates from the same team, and you kind of know going in like neither one of them's going to win because they're going to take votes away from each other. I feel like there's a lot of players that maybe deserve to win that might eat votes away from each other. It wouldn't shock me if McDavid won. No. It, it really wouldn't. <laughs> That would be a travesty. And you know what? I'll even go one step further. It wouldn't shock me if he wins this year when he doesn't deserve to. And then like four or five years from now when he deserves, he'll have a year where he deserves to win and he won't win because people will be like, oh, he already won it two or three times because <laughs> that's how voting works apparently. Yeah, it does get a little off the rails sometimes. So, you know, sometimes I just wish they would lay out better guidelines. And just, just to say the player judged to be most valuable to his team is not enough. First of all, it shouldn't just be that. The MVP should be more than that. But let's lay out five or six talking points for deciding the MVP. Why not do that? Why not go in-depth in yeah. determining it? I think that would help voters because people seem to have different lists of things that they're looking at when they decide these votes. And I don't even have a problem with if you're voting and you have these criteria that you use and that's what MVP means to you and I'm voting and I have a somewhat different list, where I have the problem is when – this criteria means MVP to you in 2017, but then something completely different means something to the same voter in 2018. Yeah. That, that's where you lose me. Like, just whatever your criteria is, stick with it. Don't change it just because you want a certain player to win. I've got this list of the top-selling NHL jerseys this season. Have you seen this yet? I looked at it. JB sent it over earlier, that oh. one you're talking about. Yeah, has Chris seen it yet? Oh, okay, fine. I guess we won't play a game where we try and guess some of these. But any of these uh, surprise you? Austin Matthews is number one. That's not really a shock. He plays in Toronto. Uh, McDavid's three. Crosby's two. Marc-Andre Fleury at four is, I think, partially just because he's on a new team where people wanted to buy Vegas jerseys, right? And everybody goes to Vegas. Yeah. So buy the Fleury jersey while I'm there. But some of these, though, it's just the top 15. But well, some Matt them... Zuccarello at number seven yeah. surprised me. That was... that was the one that stood out. I was like, really? That was a stunner. Now, I love watching the guy play, and he has a fun name. Let's, so maybe people just like having the name on the back of their jersey. But, yeah, to have him at number seven was surprising and to I me. Mean, he's in New York. That probably helps. Andre Vasilevsky at 14. That was the one I was going to point out. Yeah. That one's a little weird. A lot of goalies. or A lot more goalies than I would have expected on this list with, uh, okay, with three. Two? Three. Lundqvist is five. Yeah. Oh, yeah, three goalies. Yeah. So, I mean, a couple Blackhawks. Kane and Taves at 8 yeah, and 9. not surprising there. That's that's just the way it is for the market. Betsy I guess Jack Eichel is a mild surprise, too, in the top 15. Yeah, TJ Oshie. But I think that's probably residual from the Olympics still. Yeah. And then uh, Patrice Bergeron at 11. That's You are a savvy hockey fan if you're buying a Patrice Bergeron jersey. Yeah, let's give it up for people buying the Bergeron jersey. And Tarasenko at 10. Yeah, that's not like the Mr. Popularity contest. You're actually buying somebody because they're good at hockey. I've got some more uh, questions here. Fire away. Michael asks, and this should be an easy one, Craig, so you could probably answer in three words or less. What is goalie interference? I don't think anyone knows. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, that's three words. Yes. Well done. Uh, let's see. Steven, curious on thoughts on how big the trades might be that general manager John Chaika is pursuing. 
Well, the last trades that he told me he was going to make this summer, actually, I'm, I'm being sarcastic oh, here. He, he, sarcastic. he doesn't tell me which trades he's going to make, but he it's no secret, and he even hinted at this. Well, he didn't hint at it. He said it's pretty clear that our biggest needs are up front. I think when you look at the Coyotes roster, you still you still have the Dylan Strome question. Where does he fit? Where do you slot him in? And if he's here, does that mean that you're not going to get another center? I, I'm, I'm not entirely comfortable with that yet. I, if, if they have the opportunity to go get a top six center, I still think they should do it. I still think that's, I mean, it, certainly the number one center is your greatest need still because I think Derek Stepan is a great number two guy. Yes. So that would be piece number one, obviously very difficult to find. And then the other thing that they need to get, they need more scoring on the wing. Brendan Perlini was, what, second on the team with 17 goals this year? Yeah. That can't happen. You you can't have that and, and expect to have success. You need more scoring. And some of that is their youth will develop. So maybe they'll get more production from those guys as they go. But I do think they need more production from the wing than they're getting right now. We've had that conversation in the past. I mean, 23 goals led the team in goals this year. And that was 80, 89 players in the NHL had that many goals or more. So do the math. That means most teams have at least three guys with 23 goals. And most of those guys had closer to 30 or 35. I mean, yeah. goal scoring around the NHL was way up this year. It's very clear what the Coyotes need more of. Is yeah, and when, and when you look at how Auntie Ronta played, too, it, it, they don't have issues on the back end. Nope. Not anymore. They did early in the season, clearly, when he was out and a couple players on their blue line were injured and they were trying to figure out the system, all those things that we've talked about. But with their blue line, the way it is, especially if they sign OEL, in the offseason to a contract extension, he'll be here next year. He could be here next year anyway, but if they sign him to an extension, you really have to feel like your blue line is set and your goaltending is set. So yeah, find a way to improve the forward group. That, that's a pretty comfortable way to go into the season. You don't have Nashville's blue line at that point, but you have a blue line with the upside to be top five in the NHL. I agree. And they're they're locked in for a while. And, and they're, those guys are different. You know, Jason Demers and even Alex Goligoski have certain roles that they fill. They are not Oliver ekman Larson. Or you know, Jacob Chikrin when he's when when he's healthy and on the ice. I mean, you just you have different guys playing different roles back there, and they're all locked in. And you've got Nicholas Jalmerson, who's got the uh, the Stanley Cup experience to sort of spread that around to the rest of the uh, the locker room. Here's another one on the Coyotes from Coach East Jack. I know Strom gets most of the press, but Lawson Kraus may be the one who's benefited the most from being in Tucson? Question mark. Well, maybe. Uh, again, I see Lawson Kraus as a bottom six forward. And he, you know, it's nice to have those players as as you cycle through the bottom of your lineup. They wanted him to work on his puck skills. That was the big thing. Work on your puck skills, at, as Rick Tockett says, being sticky in the corners, all those things. But they just wanted him to manage the puck better than he did. He's got the size. He he gives you effort. He can skate well for a guy his size. So there are a lot of attributes to like there. But again, I, I see him as more of a a bottom six guy that could help him in that way. Number 11 overall pick in, in 2015. Um, but the one thing you, you said right there that I think maybe people don't realize if you don't watch him consistently, you just see his size and you see his stats. I mean, they, haven't, they weren't anything amazing when he was a rookie. Five goals, 12 points, 72 games, and then last year one goal in 11 games. He can skate for a guy that is 220 pounds, 6'4". You, you wouldn't expect somebody like that to move down the ice. You would expect more of like a Milan Lucic lumbering up and down the ice. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't have the... The hands that Luchas has, or at least not yet, but uh, but he can skate. So that's... And that can help you get in on the forecheck, right, and do what Rick wants to do. Get up the ice quickly, get in on the forecheck, and he can, he can be a net presence, too, with his size. But yeah. again, he, he just has to uh, improve those stick skills or the puck skills a little bit. Final question for you, and this one's directly for you, Craig. It comes from Alex. How many discs does Eric Daze have left in his lower back <laughs> over under two and a half? <laughs> I'm going to go with the over there. I have to go with the over there, but, yeah, not a, not a good situation to be in. Didn't expect an Eric Daze question on the not show today. But I've yeah, seen no. Eric Daze jerseys every time the Blackhawks have come in town here. It's really? bizarre. Not one of the top 15 selling jerseys in 2018, though, no. for some reason. All right, that's uh, that's going to do it for us here. Uh, I would I would have to say, you know what, Chris, you were right. Once Jamie left, this show just took off. Got a lot so more much informative. Better. Yeah. Do you have anything you want to say about Jamie now that he's not here? No, I say everything I need to say when he's in the room. I don't need to that's trash talking behind his back. That's good. That's, it's more dignified. <laughs> I, I respect that. All right. For Craig Morgan, for Leftovers, for Jamie Eisner, that was his name, right? He's basically yeah, I think at this so. point. All right. I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks for listening to the Natural Hattrick Podcast.